Hello and welcome to the, another episode of The Soulful Goddess with me, your host, Lisa Melbourne. I'm joined today by the lovely Steph G. Steph is someone who um, we have connected online and yet again, another beautiful soulful goddess who I feel um, her background resonates so very closely with my own. Steph is an author to the book, Unlocking the Brilliant Mind. She's also a podcaster to Free Your Mind Now. She's a senior public health researcher, a hypnotherapist, and a leadership coach. So Steph, welcome, welcome to The Soulful Goddess. How are you today? Thank you. I'm really well. Um, thank you for inviting me. Um, it's a pleasure to be oh, here. Um, it's amazing. Thank you. Um, I'll probably start by saying that I'm really passionate about helping people be the best that they can be. Um, and throughout the years, I've really found that there's, you know, definitely a strong link between hypnotherapy, leadership and research, because when one thinks of those, one doesn't necessarily think all of them go together. Um, and I think I've really found a way to harmonize um, three of those skills. Um, so I can bring out the best in people, but I can also help people see where they might need to change direction. Um, I'll probably give some examples. So through my work as a talking therapist and leader, I found that people are often on the tip of making a breakthrough, but they're often held back by um, a number of factors like stress, poor well-being, poor resilience, and, and often, as you know, um, self-limiting uh, negative talk. Um, I'll probably give you a little bit of background about hypnosis. Um, it was created way before the German physician, uh, Franz Mesmer, and probably goes far back and predates, um, uh, you know, Egyptian times and goes as far back as the Mesopotamian times. Um, typically, it was known as shamanism, you know, when they used rums to induce trance-like states. Um, so really, um, it's about getting someone to focus on one thing whilst inducing a deep state of relaxation and making suggestions to their subconscious. So I'll bring you back, and which is why I, I tend to um, speak to the subconscious mind, um, because if I were to speak directly, um, sorry, to the subconscious mind, because if I were to speak directly to the conscious mind, um, we'd, people would reject it. No one likes being told what to do. So I really tailor my hypnosis sessions to subliminally overwrite those negative thoughts with more positive aspirations um, so that clients can draw from their memories and bring those memories to their conscious minds. I could go on. <laughs> I, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I So hypnotherapy is something that I have um, developed such a deep connection with over the last three or four years, one of my really good friends, um, she is a quantum healing hypnosis therapist. And she, uh, she has been, I've been, um, w while she was studying, I was kind of her guinea pig. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And uh, yeah, and so was my ex-husband at the time. And uh, so I, I, and I work so closely with her and what she does. And it is absolutely um, fascinating, but also I've come to realize so, so important for our healing to be able to dig past those conscious layers and into the subconscious because yes. 
There are so many things going on in there that we have no conscious awareness awareness of that are keeping us held back, um, that we don't even, if we don't know about them, then we don't know that they are what's causing that problem. And I think people are starting to realize now with hypnotherapy that this isn't your crazy Paul McKenna stuff where he'll knock you out and he'll make yeah. you strip naked on a, yeah. <laughs> you know, on a, a thing or anything. This is, this is, this is absolute magic in, and, and pure, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Skill, I believe, yeah. in, in having a practitioner be able to reach into that part of somebody's mind or help that person to reach that part of someone's mind. It's just life-changing, Steph. It really is. It, it really is. And um, so I probably explained a little bit about how hypnotherapy and research sort of mold together, which kind of answers your question about how you get into the subconscious mind. So um, I apply some of like the sort of wider hypnotherapy techniques like... Um, when I'm thinking about survey questions, do I ask a direct question or do I ask an indirect question? Um, because sometimes um, when people know um, the nature of the question, it gives rise to a biased answer. So sometimes you've got to speak indirectly. So an example on something that you learn in hypnotherapy is when you're giving suggestions to clients, if you give a direct suggestion like close your eyes now, people, their subconscious mind, sorry, their conscious mind will automatically think, don't tell me to close my eyes. But if you give a suggestion like, when you're ready, in your own time, you can close your eyes. It's giving that sense of free will. But this is why we use metaphor with children because children just don't like being told what to do. So (laughs) you go that one step further, you can't use direct language. Indirect language is still a bit too remote. So you speak a metaphor. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who didn't do as she was told. And when she didn't do what she was told, all her toys were confiscated. <laughs> 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 it's a very example, but it's, it's, it's how we as human beings um, react to specific types of language. And so it's really exciting that hypnotherapy can transcend, transcend into so many different um schools of work you know like um research Mm, mm, oh my goodness i i oh this is such a juicy juicy um subject and i i I just want to pick your brains on it what i want to know first of all is so you so you are um a senior public health researcher yeah you are also this um hypnotherapist and leadership coach and you help uh, you help professionals within this area you help them uh, to support them with any blocks that they have within their work um before I dive more deeply into that how how did you go from where, where did when did the hypnotherapy come into your life? Where did you find that bridge between the one thing and the other? Yeah, so um, when I was in the civil service, I think it was 2017, as a contractor, um, actually it was 2015, 
I, as a contractor, I got the opportunity to manage a leadership program at the Department for Transport called Velocity. Um, so I managed the program, I managed the key performance, well, I designed the key performance indicators, and it was for senior civil servants. Subsequently after that, they released another one called Momentum. And in that program, I learned so much, lots of tips and tricks about what makes a good leader, what doesn't make a good leader. And so that kind of um, planted the seed, but I wanted to know more. I don't think it was enough. So I thought, okay, well, I'd like to go up the ladder myself as a contractor within the civil service, but I would also you know, like to have better leadership skills. So I had a look. And I wasn't necessarily going to go on a hypnotherapy program, but I stumbled across um, a program called CBHT, Clifton Practice Hypnotherapy. They are the leading school in hypnotherapy. Um, and I just got more than I bargained for. And then before I knew it, I've been doing it for a year. It's a brilliant course. It's um, You can either do it sort of, you know, um, part-time or you could do it full-time. I did it part-time over the weekends. And, you know, we spent two days over the weekends, you know, really learning um, the language of hypnotherapy, um, you know, learning the neuroscience of hypnotherapy and also getting involved in hypnotizing each other. So by the end of it, we were like well scored. And then before I knew it, I had a hypnotherapy website. And the good thing about it is, is that it's so transferable. You can use it, as I was explaining, in research. It's great as a leader that, you know, we're now in this place where, you know, leaders need to be coaches. You know, they need to help bring out skills in, in their teams. I've also I've undertaken a number of management roles in civil service as well. So as a communications officer, managing freedom of information requests at HS2. So it just, it's just, it just comes into everything we do. Um, I, I just can't you know, shout it out enough. Yeah. And so do you, um, do you do, do you combine it now all together with, uh, when you're working with, with, with a client, do you put it all together now into, um, the work that you've been doing, uh, originally with the hypnotherapy and you, 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 I'm guessing you've created your own, you're kind of your own brand of coaching for people. Is that right? Yeah. So when I sort of undertake management roles in the civil service, I kind of use some of the techniques um, more broadly. You know, I wouldn't go in and hypnotize somebody, you know, within the workplace, as it were. But it comes in very useful when you're having these um having to give positive feedback or having to give negative feedback or you know having to develop a team and help them realize their their potential and you know it's also you know throwing the question back at somebody and you know getting them to see where they have their own skills it's not necessarily telling somebody where they where and how they need to change it's getting the person to see so from a very broad level in the workplace that's kind of my approach but from uh, a free my mind perspective, um, when clients come to me, it's a lot more. So if somebody comes to me, they can have the full package, they can have the coaching, they can have mentoring. I've got both experience as a coach, mentor. I was a mentor um, on the civil service learning portal as well for free, um, mentoring uh, civil servants. Um, but also uh, they've got the added bonus of having hypnotherapy 
if they want. Mm. I found that through um, COVID and the lockdown, online has become much more um, prevalent and also that um, you know people need a quicker access a more affordable access to, to therapy. So, you know, one of the things I'm really passionate about is inequality and inclusion, which is a big thing in civil service. Um, and so um, I want to make therapy accessible to all. Um, and I think that's what encouraged me to write my book, um, Unlocking the Brilliant Mind, as you, you read earlier. Um, I'll probably mention a little bit about it. So, um, yeah, tell us, tell us about your book. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I use therapeutic tricks and mind hacks um, that undo unwanted habits very, very quickly. I use catchy metaphors and well-known uh, quotes from philosophers, um, including I've got visualize, visualization exercises in there and tips on how to build resilience. Um, all these things that help create a brilliant mindset, which is sort of goes to the name of the book. So one of my famous quotes in there, and I won't read them all because I don't want to give it all away, um, is from a historical philosopher. Uh, I think it was Socrates. Um, and he says that it's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Um, and I really like this because it helps us to consider that just because we think something, we don't necessarily have to give that thought credence. So that's the first step of us, of my sort of mind hack. So, you know, some thoughts aren't helpful. Uh, and therefore, when we have a thought that comes into our, our minds, we should be thinking, is this thought helpful or not? And if this isn't a helpful thought, we should just let it pass over us like a, a bad cloud in the sky. And uh, so that's one of the, the things um, that I sort of take the reader through in the book. Lots I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, I feel like what you have given your readers in your book is um, a, a lovely combination of of uh, solid background in 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 what it is that you do, but also you've sprinkled it with this dusting of um, little mindset rituals and. Um, yeah, magical quotes that will just help somebody to find in a re in perhaps a less overwhelming way, yeah. a way of entertaining a new a new mindset. And that was something that I did in my book um, it, with with through ritual and practice yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think I think more and more people are starting to become more vigilant with their thoughts. Um, but I also feel like we we have this fear of um, negative thoughts and we must always be positive. And this was a conversation that I had with my last guest, this fear of, 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 of feeling negative or low. And it was also a conversation I had within like the natural me sisterhood, um, you know, feeling like you can't as soon as it turns up that unwanted thought you've got to let it go and obviously it depends on what it is um it depends on whether it's a reoccurring thought whether it's taking over your life or not um and you know looking at why it's still coming back and of course this is where the hypnotherapy would come in because if, if for these answers you need to dive a little bit deeper yes. um but 
I like the fact that you give small um, bite-sized pieces like nuggets of gold for people to just uh, just gently attach their conscious thoughts to and just allow them to seep in almost like um, you know when you're writing a positive mantra or something like that yeah. um, because I find that that works really really well for me yeah um, so so your your book when did when did you decide to write that out of interest last year oh wow yeah um and it was just one of those things where I'd always wanted to write a book uh, but I'd never felt that I had enough content um and then suddenly I had all these ideas I wrote them down as I'm a, a sort of comms manager as well um I write very quickly um, so getting it down wasn't the issue. So over time, I just put little notes down and then just fill in the blanks, really. It's quite a short book, I'll be honest. So, <laughs> but my defense to it being a short book is that when somebody or when we are really stressed, the worst thing we can do is to, is to try an information overload. So the more simple something is, the easier it is for our, our brains to, to digest. So bite-sized chunks, Plus, I'm, 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 I am a, a stickler for uh, turning complex information into simple language, plain English, so that people can understand when you're really stressed, when you've got a really hectic job, um, and you're working all hours under the sun, the last thing you need is a, a book that bashes the brains in, as it were. So I kind of took that brief and ran with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's actually my motto for everything that I, everything that I help support my clients or the members of my sisterhood with is to keep it simple, um, because we've got enough on our plates as it is. And I, I think going from my own personal experience, when you're learning something new, no matter how passionate you are or how excited you are about learning it, if there's a lot to it and you've already got a lot on your, going on in your life, it can be another thing, another chore that you've got to get through. And that takes away from the fun of it. And one of the things um, that I, I, I created with my book was that it was something where I could open someone could just open it at a page if they wanted to and just start from there almost use it like a bit of an oracle yeah um, so I, yeah I've, I really yeah I really I really hear you with that one um with with keeping it simple um I love your mission statement passionate about helping others to be the best they can be um and a line that came after that when I was when I was reading reading about you and your work was um, where you say when someone's at the tip of making a breakthrough but held back with stress, poor, um, poor well-being, self-limiting talk, that kind of thing. Now, oh my goodness, I think we've <laughs> all been there. We have all been there. Would you say that this is kind of where? the majority of your work with your clients is centered around and and talk to us about how important it is to um and what results you've seen that have come from helping your clients to break down these internal subconscious barriers yeah so some of the questions that people ask is they come to a session they're very chatty 
you know, they want to have a conversation. And funny enough, uh, hypnotherapy is very scripted. And if somebody wants to have that kind of therapy, then counselling is is the right therapy for them. Um, but what I would say, the good thing about hypnosis is that if you felt that you could do it on your own, you'd be doing it already. So there's something with your conscious mind that is forcing your mind to reject the things that you want to do for yourself. So what you want is for somebody to go in, relax you, get into your brain, play around a little bit, mix things around, talk to the subconscious mind all without you even being aware and for you to then be able to access your subconscious mind a little bit more easier so that your conscious mind can interact with the subconscious a little bit more easier on a day-to-day basis. Once you've done that, once you've connected the two minds, it's then a lot easier for somebody to start um, applying some, you know, some of their own techniques you know, so for instance, if somebody wants to give up drinking, having uh, hypnotherapy, having someone speak to your subconscious mind for a couple of months is definitely going to do you wonders. And then after that, you'll start to think, well, maybe I should reduce. You know, you start to think a little bit more logically about your actions and your thoughts because the mind has been connected. It gives you those tools, doesn't it? And I think that's the one thing, uh, well, the one area of my work that I have um, directed more of my attention to is because what you don't want to be is another person for someone to come to, to go, here I am, there's all my, there's all my stuff, um, all of my issues, uh, please fix me. And then I'm just going to stand back and I don't want to take any responsibility for it because yeah. it's it's like the reason why, you know, as a complementary therapist, we call ourselves complementary is because we're not, yeah. we wouldn't ever dream of saying that we are an alternative, but we complement. Medicine will 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 try and deal with um, exactly. the, yeah, what's manifesting and causing and is creating the problem, but doesn't necessarily get to the root. And so what I do helps to dive a little bit further and complements whether they're on a medical uh, medication, medication regime. Exactly. Or exactly. Like, for yeah. instance, you know, with all my clients, I do a consultation. If somebody is suffering from psychosis, hypnotherapy is not the thing. You really don't want to be messing around with somebody's mind when they're in a stage of psychosis. So, you know, it's quite rigorous, the consultation, because what you're essentially doing is weeding out people that are meant for the NHS uh, and people that, you know, just need a little bit of a help. Um, That's why addiction is quite good, but then there is a a level. And if I feel that somebody might need um, a, a stronger path, then sometimes I will say, you know, you need to go via the NHS route. In terms of measuring, um, so, you know, one of the questions I ask in the consultation is on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? If I may, like waved a magic wand and overnight I could, you know, make you more happier, how more happier would you like to be? So if you have this kind of scaling question, in every consultation, you can kind of have a, a measurement of where people are and if they're going up or down the scale. And equally in my book, I put that happiness scale and, you know, I'd say, where are you now? 
And at the end of the book, I ask again, how happy are you now? So it's getting people to think, even if their happiness doesn't improve, it's getting people to think, am I actually happy? Because sometimes we complain, we think that everything is going wrong, but the issues that we have are normal. You know, like if we're getting really stressed out because the train was late for a week, there isn't anything wrong in our lives. The train is wrong, it's outside of our control. You know, we should deal with things that are within our control, but things that are outside of our control, let it go. It's not worth it and it doesn't mean that you're unhappy. You're just going through a bad time like I saw. I, I, oh my goodness. I think so many people need to hear that and be reminded of it, you know, including, including ourselves. I, I don't know about you, Steph, but you know, when you're, when you're teaching this and you're sharing this with your clients and sometimes you find yourself, you know, you've just given out all of this advice and then you'll yeah. have a day where you're like, Oh God, this day. And I feel stressed and this and that and the other. And it's yeah. like, hang on a minute hang on a minute, you know, practice what yeah. you preach. That, that is, it is, that's the thing. It's so important to remember that we we are human beings and we are here living a human experience. And, yeah. you know, the thing, it, it's not all meant, to, it's not all going to be you've, you're having the best day of your life. Yeah. You're not supposed to walk around feeling like you you want to smile at the world every day it's okay to have uh, to have those um changes and those differences from day to day uh, because we're cyclical beings and that that's yeah, something exactly. that yeah something that I work a lot with with my my clients is I make I, I help them to realize that it's okay um if you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean that you're failing at life. Like you say, if it depends what it is, if it's the fact that your train is late, um, yes, what a pain in the neck that was, but let it go. Don't harbor it because yep. you st- a lot of people tend to, they'll wake up, they'll stub their toe in the morning and they'll go, great, this today's gonna be a bad day. Next thing you know, they've spilt their milk all over the floor, the car won't start. And it's almost like, you know, you're now drawing in more of that energy because you're reaffirming that yeah. um life is rubbish. Life life's not rubbish. Life's it's just rubbish. um how you deal, how you deal with these little things and knowing when to just let them go, let them pass through like clouds. So interesting you use that analogy. I also use the uh, clouds analogy, um, uh, particularly when I'm doing meditations um, with my clients. Um, there is there is one thing that I, I want to touch on. Um, I'm, all, I'm always aware that I don't ever feel like I've got enough time and I feel like we're only just scratching the surface. Um, <laughs> one of the things, one of the things in uh, your bio on your Instagram page, is that you are a Hampshire witch, yeah. and I absolutely that for me. Um, it took me a long time to come out of the spiritual closet, so to speak, and to share with people um, what it meant to me to be a witch, because witch can mean so many things. You know, ultimately for me, I believe um, witch, it's it's a personal connotation to whoever wants to use it. Um, I believe that I'm one because I'm here to as a, in a healing capacity. Um Talk to us about what that means to you, being a Hampshire witch. I've always been somebody fascinated with the moon rather than the sun. 
fascinated with autumn rather than the summer. Um, I've always been drawn, I wouldn't say to the darker side, but to, you know, the alternative. Um, I have been doing tarot cards and angel cards since I was about 20 and I'm 40 now, but I don't do it as a profession. And I, and I've always felt not necessarily embarrassed, but like it's, it's kind of frowned upon to say that you're a witch. So the interesting thing is when I discovered hypnotherapy and I saw the link, I thought to myself, well, it's all the same thing, isn't it? It's all the same thing. It's just about branding. I don't think I'm quite ready yet to kind of fully step out, but I am slowly emerging and embracing who I am and not feeling bad about it. You know, so, you know, pagan festivals and things like that. These are all things that, you know, I, I think are fascinating because they help us embrace the seasons as they change. We were pagans before religion, um, which is a really controversial subject but it's a fact. And it's like, I'm the sort of person, I wake up every day and I worship all the elements and I love being in nature and I love the forest and I've got three cats um, and I'm very intuitive as well. Um, I'm, I'm addicted to wanting to know what's going to happen in the future. Um, so, you know, um, it's just, I could go on, um, but it's definitely an area that I'm exploring and just, trying to find that balance of how I kind of brand myself. Um, I This is what really drew me to you as well, which is so weird because I read your book, I, you know, see you on Instagram and I thought that, that, that woman, she's really like me, you know, the modern goddess. Um, us women, I just think all, all women are, are goddesses, if, if I'm honest. Um, and um, I really like a South American goddess that always comes up in my angel cards. She's um, a goddess called Yamaya, and she really just embraces everything we are as women, you know, powerful, magical, um, and she's a moon goddess as well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just it's just a subject I'm really fascinated with. I th- Oh, I, yeah, and I feel like... I think my biggest mission when I started Natural Me was it was kind of my own self-initiation into um, saying to people, this this is this is who I am, this is what I'm interested in. Um, and my post was, I'm creating this group, online group. We're going to be, um, you know, learning how to create a mindful life around the seasons and the moon. This I've been doing this for a decade. I'll share with you how to work with crystal healing, you know, all the rest of it. And, and Hey, this is me. If you want to come and join me, let's do it. And, um, the, but the thing that I wanted people to know was that there are so many preconceived ideas around the idea of being witchy or a bit woo woo. And, and I felt like, I felt like I was trying to find a a witchy box to fit myself in. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't, you know, I dressed normally. I had a normal job, um, for all intents and purposes. I'm a, (laughs) you know, from the outside world, what most people would think was, was witchy. They wouldn't think that I was because, um, everyone has these, this preconceived idea. And so the thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to let people know that actually, 
put whatever label you like on it, whether it's witch, goddess, whatever, pagan, whatever. What I wanted to show people was that actually it's more about embracing this natural world around us and this intuitive connection that we've lost, um, which has a fundamental impact on our own well-being as well as everything else that goes on with living in a modern world um and and that you call call it what you like but that is that is how that's the connection that we're missing because we are so disconnected and we're so busy and stressed and so yeah and so i i feel like when i i'm meeting more and more women who are you know are saying to me lisa I really like where you're coming from because you know you you make you make it just feel no, it's just normal but it's just part of our human nature and and that's that's my message and I love I love to hear that from you because for you it's just something that you are connected to you've got your work you know you've got your hypnotherapy you've worked you're, you're working with the civil service and I love that you've just gone and put on there Hampshire witch I'm like yeah, yes I, I, don't, I don't I don't I mean I'm mixed race so um I already feel like I'm sitting in a gray area <laughs> and so I've always felt you know different um and so I've, and, you know, I used to be a sort of dancer when I was younger, I used to ballet, tap, singing, drama, and I've always been a bit outgoing as well. Um, but even admitting, you know, that, you know, I, I'm a witch or I want to be a witch um, was like that one step too far, but now I'm just embracing it. And one of the things that, coming back to what you were saying about being out in nature and why it's good, is this biofeedback that, you know, I've, uh, read studies um, about people that have had heart problems, but before, just before their heart has gone really bad, they've recorded their the rhythm of their heart and played it back to themselves, which has brought the heart back into to rhythm. And I remember having a really clogged up system, and I know I don't need to bring the, the the tone down, but not being able to go to the loo. And before we moved to Hampshire, we stayed at a farm in Norfolk. And after being there for a week, my rhythm just improved by being around all the animals and the horses and the dogs mm. and things like that. Nature is really good for us because we have that biofeedback and horses don't have a problem going to the loo. Animals don't have a problem going to the loo. And our bodies can pick up on that rhythm. So I'm a real believer in that sort of bio um, connection that we have to, to the environment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been proven that that the earth emits um, that that energy that our body needs that that ultimately makes us feel good. And so more and more practices like standing outside with your bare feet on the earth to ground yourself because we don't we've lost that connection to to being in nature um, is so very, very important. And people are starting, it's starting to just filter back into our um, way of life a little bit more. You know, so many things have changed within our society, so many things perceived good and bad. Um, But one of them, one of the biggest movements for the positive is, is health and, um, and well-being and 
creating a life that that um, limits stress and and having that mindful approach to life and to me another another fellow goddess who has dedicated her life to helping to support people in this way um, is always it's it's like I, I feel like there's just another torch of light that's just been passed between us like you know it's yeah. just a ripple it's a ripple effect and um you know you have such a massive impact on people uh i know people who've been for hypnotherapy who've had ptsd you know and it really has really really has helped them so so much um oh my goodness thank you so much steph for being here today before i say goodbye just let everybody know where they can find you your podcast your website your book all the links will go on anyway um to this podcast thank you well my website is free my mind um so it's easy to find me if anybody wants to email me it's steph at freemymind.co.uk um instagram is my playground um you can also find me on linkedin i have a podcast um which i'll I'll share with you the link so you can share with with the public and um love and light (laughs) everybody just be safe and and keep keep pushing for the stars amazing oh thank you steph and and just so just to reiterate although you're in older shot you you do sessions online don't you yes yes for anybody who wants your um, I do. Well, I do pre-recorded sessions online. Um, I do have uh, VIP sessions, a l- little bit more expensive, where I, you know, I'm happy to um, travel, as it were. And I also have a leadership package, which if somebody is starting out for the first time in leadership and they need something to help them get started, so they can identify with what type of leader they are you know are they a transformational leader mm. um are you know are they a coaching or a mentoring type leader and you know all the things that they'll need to sort of get started and hit the ground running um that's my my bag mm. as well. yeah and i think do you know what i think it's um it's so it, i know i know so many women who are setting up on their own breaking away from maybe uh a job that they've been doing for a long, long time, who are stepping into this role as a leader in order to teach or share something with others. But it the place that they get stuck is is they they get in their own way about it. And so having support from somebody like yourself is just imperative in order for them to get over that hurdle and just fly with what they're doing and just yeah just let themselves be heard be seen and embrace that as well embrace the message that they've got ultimately that they want to share with other people as a leader and and not to be scared of magic um i, I probably should have said it earlier that you know when we're like you know we've been led to believe that when you read a spell you know all bad things happen but really all we're doing is inducing self-hypnosis when we conduct a spell and all the props and things that you know you know get a chalice that's all just white noise that helps us to get in the spirit of things and really it's just self-hypnosis but but if we do these things you know in comparison with the moon you know because there is a gravitational pull to the moon doing spells it when our energy is high and low that is a connection between why a spell might be more 
uh, favorable at a different time of, of the moon cycle is because our energy that we give to that spell, which is self-hypnosis, is stronger or not as strong, depending if the moon is going up or down. I should have said that earlier. Oh, oh my goodness! I, do you know what? I could, I could now, I could now go on for another forty minutes with you about that one. Oh my goodness! I know, I know. This is it. You know, trying it's to break it down. To... Yeah, I was going to say. I yeah, it's it down in a scientific way. Scientifically, yeah. it's to do with the energy we give ourselves. It's not because of some hocus pocus. Absolutely, and people. Yeah being able to come at it from that angle i think with helps certainly helps some people who struggle with the idea of um you know spells and yeah. the mystical and you know yeah. the moon and everything like that it helps them to understand it um in a i guess a more humanly logical way um yeah uh, oh oh steph thank you so so <laughs> no, much and you ended so that you ended that on a, a real a real piece of magic. You certainly did, Thank just you. adding that in at the end. Thank you so much for being on, on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Um, and thank you to everybody who has tuned in and listened to this wonderful conversation with the wonderful Stephanie G. I'm going to pop all of her links onto um, this episode and also onto all of my social media links as well so keep an eye out for that and until next time take care of yourselves and lots of love take care Steph thank you so much <laughs>